This is the Warm Springs program on KWSO. I'm Neil Morningell. Jesse Locke is a film director and producer with World Muse Films. The most recent film he has directed was with tribal members from various tribes of the Pacific Northwest, along with the Hobie Tribe, Standing Rock Tribe, and Alaska Natives. The film will be premiered at the Madras Performing Arts Center on April 20th. Yeah, the film is called A Reflection of Life, and it talks about water and what water means to us as humans. And it means different things to different people. And so I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating that water can be so political. That's what I learned during this, the making of this film. Uh, talking about water to certain people became pretty um, intense. Um, yeah, so I'm a filmmaker from Bend, Oregon. I've been making documentaries for the last 10 years. My first documentary was called Radiance of Resistance, and it was uh, in Palestine, and that was pretty amazing. My second documentary was in Amman, Jordan, called Seven Hills. You can find that on Amazon Prime. So yeah, that's, uh, and it changed my life. My trip to Palestine changed my life forever, and I've been on this path ever since. I started working with World Muse uh, four years ago. And we made our first documentary together called A Reflection of Hope, which dove into uh, Gen Z. So these were short documentaries that played at the World Muse Conference that was held every year in Bend, Oregon. Um, And that relationship has been probably one of the most um, amazing relationships of my professional career. We have made four documentaries, A Reflection of Life being the fourth one in our Reflection series. Um, And it's just every time I get a chance to learn and um, be around amazing people. And I feel very lucky to have that opportunity to, uh, to do that. A Reflection of Life, I was able to meet Brutus Baez. Um... So, yeah, so uh, this, the impetus of this film, uh, the origin of this guy, I live in Bend, Oregon, and I've been hearing a bunch of information or a bunch of um, stuff coming out that Warm Springs is having a huge issue with the water. This has been happening for a while. A big part of who I am as a filmmaker and I guess as a person, which is coming out, always learning, always growing. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I find it fascinating that somebody can have so much while others are struggling heavily. And that was kind of the idea. So I wanted to come up to Warm Springs and get educated and try to learn and see what's going on. Cause living in Bend, it's an interesting area that not that far from each other, there can be such a discrepancy in clean water. And so I think that's wrong. And I think that more can be done to help the communities in Central Oregon. That was the beginning of an idea to dive into water and the issues facing Warm Springs. If you give me an inch, I'm gonna take a mile. And this thing then blew up and it grew to a very large film about water. Um, The more I learned and the more people I talked to, the bigger this film got. And it just became an incredible ride, a wild experience. Um, And it all started really with 
meeting Brutus at El Sancho. And I was like, dude, this would be great if you would drone and, you know, make, you know, we could work together and do this thing. And then, so we met and uh, I pitched it to Brutus about like kind of droning and really took this project to the next level. And it was just so incredible. And I mean, it brought us to Hopi Nation. We went around the state doing drones. One thing about this film, everybody listening, you need to see it on the big screen. Okay, because this thing is a masterpiece of drone work. It's large, vast shots, very beautiful. Local video producer Brutus Baez had a major role in the film production. Like working on this film, you know, really taught me a lot about, you know, collaborating with people, uh, meeting so many new people. Everybody was different, too, because water meant so much to all these indigenous folks, to where some of them, it was like their livelihood, you know, and they just took it so serious. And they were definitely stewards of the land, you know, all across Indian country. They were the ones who were in constant battle for clean water. And that was the basis of all their community. I know there's poverty, there's different things, drugs and alcohol. But, you know, one thing that was most important on their schedule or on their lives was the water. And so going from a system like how we, you know, here in Warrensters have rivers all around us and don't have clean water was a little finicky to think of and to understand why that was the way it was. And you'd go to like a place like uh, Hopi, we went to Hopi land, and all their canals and rivers and water uh, places were like brown water. So obviously it wasn't drinking water, you know, but they used that to grow in the middle of deserts. Like their monsoon season was something that they adored and prayed for. And even like their surrounding areas, the mountains, they meant something because that's where the water trickled down from, you know, to get to these areas to grow this stuff. And meeting all kinds of Indians from here to, you know, Standing Rock, even that whole thing, you know, when I went out there, that was the basis of that whole start of movement was the, the pipelines going through the water system, you know. And us ourselves having issues, you know, it really, um, I knew that this story could be told. The thing was trying to break it down because everybody had so much to say about the water that really the, the issue was how can we break it down and make sure everybody's voice was heard. Jesse Locke is a film director and producer with World Muse Films. The most recent film he has directed was with tribal members from various tribes of the Pacific Northwest along with the Hobie tribe, Standing Rock tribe, and Alaska Natives. Uh, taking on water is uh, it's a big task and it, it's just it was just it's extremely large and so that was a little a little difficult, like in the editing room, trying to figure out how we how we can format that. Um, like, so our reflection of life covers water resource development, past, present, future, uh, told through indigenous voices of the Pacific Northwest, and then the outliers were Hopi and uh, I went to Standing Rock, um, and it was it's just incredible. So the the tribes that are involved in this film are Warm Springs. Uh, Lapway, Nespers, uh, CTUIR, Umatilla, Hopi, Standing Rock, Klamath, and uh, Yakima. So it was a it was a lot to take in. Learning all the way, learning so much, um, and it'll be something that forever changed my life. This experience, in the sense that I I find it's so fascinating how there can be two so different philosophies on a natural resource or on water. 
And, and the view that I heard from a lot of these interviews with tribal members was that water is a living thing with a soul. And it's something to be honored and respected. And as a white person, as a European, that is a different view than, than I believe. I don't want to generalize here, but here comes generalizations <laughs> that like we view it as a resource for us to use. And it's disgusting to me how we do this to the land and to this planet that we live on. And so this film is highly educational. You're going to learn a lot about what's going on in these certain areas. You're going to learn a lot about water law in Oregon, especially, and how that got established, which is fascinating. We dive into uh, climate change, how that is affecting water, which is also incredibly amazing and wild and, 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 and so forth. But um, So there's a lot. There's a lot to take from this film. Buckle up because uh, a lot of information is going to be coming at you, and it's all, it's all really good. Uh, the goal for me for this film is to leave the audience with a sense of we can do better and, and leaving with a, a more deep, deeper knowledge of the area that you live in, uh, the water resources around you, what's affecting them, and how can we move forward with a more symbiotic relationship with this environment that we live in. That's the goal. Local film producer Brutus Baez talks about his process of his work. Yeah, I think a lot of people enjoy um, locals here because the four tribes, the sister tribes, you know, Yakima, Uintilla, Warren Springs, and Nespers, you're going to see relatives, you're going to see family, you're going to see all that kind of stuff. And so I think that's that was a really good thing for me because I, I wanted to dive full-fledged in the film. So I had to team up with my sensei, you know, uh, Laron Kachaya, start from there learn everything I could, think about everything. And so when I collaborated with Jesse, you know, I had to go to Laurent too and be like, well, you know, okay. And he, he was like, for sure, hey, make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you're not getting ripped off. Make sure you're understanding what, what is going to happen, what's going to come of this. It's a real job, you know, that you got to take it serious, you know. So I was like, okay, I don't want to just say yes to anything if I'm not going to be serious about this, you know. And so he was like, practice your drone shots, make sure you don't move, make sure you don't, you know, like he was in my ear all the time. And we would, we'd fly around all the time, you know, trying to get that right, get that corner right, get that shot right. So when I went into this, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. So when we teamed up, I was, you know, everywhere he told me to go, every damn, we would just throw it up, start doing it. And, yeah, you, you know, filmmaking, yeah, we got further and further into it. And I was like, damn, this thing's really going to come out now, you know, and working more with Laurent on different projects and, you know, other people. And then I started doing it myself, where it was like, I was the lead and by myself on the scene, you know, like what you guys do, you know, what Jesse and Laron does, you know, because we collaborate a lot, but there's also times where, you know, it's something you could do by yourself too, you know? And so that was really something where I was like, all right, okay, I got to take this 100% serious. And, you know, I just started watching everything and learning everything from different people. You know, Jesse works a certain way. This guy, you know, Laron works a certain way, people, you know? And... I'm uh, very proud of this one, and I definitely think that folks are going to enjoy it and understand why we are so passionate and so, uh, like, serious about water, you know? Like, what a subject to have, too, for your first-time documentary coming out, you know? I was, I'm intrigued, and I, th I know the world's going to be, too. Another local producer, Laurent Kachaya, talks about his part of another short film to be premiered with Reflection of Life. 
I'm excited to be a part of this project in a in in, in the youth version of the film. Uh, it was awesome to work with uh, with Geneva and and Brutus and the youth. It was cool to kind of go back to our my, my old high school, our our old high school, our old stomping grounds, and kind of kind of really work with the kids and kind of get their view on water and how they feel the water is going down here in Warm Springs and kind of the solutions that they they were pitching and I kind of feel like it was cool to get their perspective and for them to be seen especially on the big screen and to see themselves could also open that window for them to think about filmmaking as a career path as well. Jesse Locke is a producer with World News Films during the making of the film A Reflection of Life. The research behind what water rights are led to an enlightening experience in the battle for water. I interviewed Tom Byler, the Oregon, the water resource director of the state of Oregon. And he was telling me about Western water law, basically, and how water rights were established in the West and how they have been operating moving forward. And it's fascinating. And it's an old, old system that needs to change. So hopefully more people will learn about that through the film. But it's essentially what happened in like the late 1800s is the government wanted to support people heading west and they wanted to give them incentives to settle areas that weren't theirs. <laughs> so here they come. Oh, whoopity do, right? Hey, let's settle these areas. Um, and they gave them, so then they would ha- give them a water right. So the federal government. So basically, what happens is the land that you would settle you would have to irrigate in order to own that land. Then the federal government would come over and look and see, oh, you did irrigate, now you have a water right. They would sign it. Water right, then uh, past 1909, anything past 1909, I believe, please don't quote me on that, it's around the early 1900s, that those were junior water rights. Everything before that is senior water rights, and that can never be changed throughout the history of our state. If you have senior water rights, you're the first one to get water. You're the last one to turn off water. Does that make sense? So um, this became a big – this is a huge issue right now as we face major droughts throughout the area and especially in the Klamath Basin, which I visited with Brutus. Their area is the end of all of this. It is decimated. It is a mud pit of nothing. That has been overworked for decades by ranchers, by people who have disrespected the land. Um, and they're dealing with major issues. Like there's species that are going extinct down there. There's The, the lake is, uh, is um, it's polluted. It's poisonous. Their water is, um, po- has been poisoned by this kind of taking that has happened down there. So... I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just sad. But like, there's a couple of things that in the film that come about as far as water rights. Idaho, in particular, has changed the, the water rights to benefit leaving water in the stream. The way that Oregon operates their water rights as of right now, you use it or you lose it. Prior appropriation. So if you don't use the water, if you're a senior water holder, and if you don't use it for like a few years, you lose the water. You lose the right to that water. 
So it doesn't incentivize actually helping the environment. It, all, it only incentivizes the single person, the person using the water. And in many cases, that does not benefit the community around them. So Idaho has wrote a new law in their, in their water rights laws about leaving water in the stream is also considered beneficial for senior water rights users. So they started doing that in, ter- in times of drought, which has helped a lot of areas. Oregon has not done that yet, so I hope that you know they will they will look to that. That was Jesse Locke from World News Films. I'm Neil Morningell, reporting for the Warm Springs program on KWSO.